Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Yeah, honestly, it's like learning the dynamics around the sneaker culture. It's not just about shoes. Even seeing on social media how people engage and have conversations about the, the biases around women wearing certain shoes versus men, like just seeing that they're creating conversations that are maybe uncomfortable, but also necessary where it's like, these are things and nuances that we thought were just day to day for us. But no, this whole community right here is making sure that we're educating each other constantly. Yeah. I think that's super dope. And just learning like the history behind shoes, learning how how much it's tied into sports like yeah. it's such an avenue that it's not just one lane it's not just a, sh a shoe is never I just a shoe. shoe a kick is never just a kick and that's i've learned too much around it at, at this point i i don't i own a couple of shoes i'm like if it's fly i'll buy it yeah but now i'm in a space where like oh yeah these about to drop and i'm like what number is that okay. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your boy back again with another episode of Big Boss Talk, the podcast. Listen, I have another top tier guest. Um, actually, somebody that I, I mean, didn't even know. Like, they from a city that I was just in near Austin. Um, really enjoy Austin. Austin is way better than Houston, in my opinion. I don't know if she feels that way. Um, but that's just my opinion. I got to put that out there. Um, but um, it's going to be a great episode. This is um, came by as a recommendation. Um, I'm super thankful, super glad that she was able to even do it. Um, and I just can't wait to get into it. So let me read y'all who I got, okay? So I got Lamanda Ballard, um, age 32, her career slash job. She's Associate Director of Growth Marketing. Um, her college degree, she went to North Carolina A&T. So she's an Aggie, all right? BS in marketing. Um, years in her profession is seven. So she's almost close to a decade. She's up there when we talk about experience. So she has some good, some bad, um, and we can learn from both good and bad. So, but uh, Lamanda, say what's up to the podcast. Hello, good people. Hello, hello. So listen, it's tradition for us to always play two truths and a lie. Um, hopefully you got three good statements. I got to guess the lie. Um, and let's see what we can do. Okay. Um, two truths and a lie. <laughs> I'm on a plane every month. Okay. I was born in Tijuana, Mexico. Mm. I dated a fellow Def Jam rapper. Dated a fellow Def Jam rapper. You're on a flight every month. Um, on a flight every month. Was born in Tijuana, Mexico. Wow. That's crazy. I, you can't really tell. I can't really tell which one's the lie. Um, a flight every month, though. The job. I mean, 
you might you might travel for the job. I mean, it's mar growth marketing. Sometimes you might have to travel. Um, morning, golly. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the first one is the lie. I, I, I mean, I don't think that I, you might be on a flight every month, but I'm just assuming that that's a lie to say Tijuana, Mexico, that you were born in. That is very specific. So I'm gonna say that sounds like a truth. And then number two. That last one is a is a fun fact that you would tell people at work. So I'm like, that's got to be true. So I'm, I'm gonna go with the first one as uh, you on a flight every month. Okay, Th you wrong, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should know from following me on social media. I, well, I really don't be posting when I'm on the plane, you but don't. you'll always see I'll tag a location every now and then. But yeah, I'm I'm usually on a flight every month, whether that's on the East Coast. Next week I'll be in Mexico. I just got back from DC two days ago. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm a travel bug, and it's for leisure. It's never work. So you well, just, you yeah. travel for leisure. Yeah, they try to force me to travel for work, but I'm usually like, nah, I gotta enjoy my time. Um, Tijuana, Mexico was the lie, but the reason why it was so specific is because, so even though I'm from North Carolina, I actually grew up in San Diego part of my life, like most of my preteen years. Gotcha. Um, and this was before you needed a passport to get in Mexico. We used to drive down to Tijuana like every weekend, okay? We really? was eating good, <laughs> shopping. Yes, yeah, so I felt like I was, I, you know, I grew up in the culture at yeah. that point. So yeah, Tijuana is near and dear to my heart. Um, and yeah, just a fun fact. I did date a Def Jam rapper at some point in life, but Who? yeah, nah, we not talking about okay, the details. Got no nah, worry about it. Got it. No <laughs> worries. Just wanted to see if there was a name, but cool. That's pretty cool. So we got um, obviously flights every month. I mean, you got to teach us your ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's your most favorite place that you've um, you know you just gone to? Um, just your personal favorite place that you can always go back and have fun. Uh, I feel like I'm in D.C. often, but Chicago has a special place in my heart. Like, I literally decided, you know, I'm going to go to a concert out there by myself. I'm going to have, like, a little self-care weekend. And I had the time of my life. Like, the wow. people were amazing. The food was amazing. Um, the experience was just so cultured in a way that I don't really get in Austin. Like, I kind of miss that part. Yeah. Chicago, I'm definitely going back. Like, I don't care if I got to make it a yearly thing. I will I will always go back to Chicago after that trip. You like the summers or winters in Chicago? I went preparing to go into the winter. Like, the moment I stepped foot in Chicago, it started snowing. And I was not prepared. I had the clothes, but I didn't know I was going to have to use them. Yeah. It was so cold. I was I was I was afraid for myself coming from Texas because we we always hot. Like we're used to the heat. Always. This was way out the norm. But I did it. I, I I made it through the storm. They had an so apparently they have the largest Starbucks reserve in the world in Chicago. Mm. And they have a bar, they have four beautiful floors, different food, different drinks. I was living, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. I um my wife's LS, she has a... Uh... She lives out there in Chicago. She loves it. Um, the summers are great. Winters are, you know, depending on what happens, you know, in the winter, if you get a whole bunch of snow, obviously, you know, they don't yeah. like that. But most of the time, she's having a blast and just um, enjoying, enjoying the life out there. She stays downtown. So that's pretty awesome. Um, what's, I guess, let me ask you this. What's your favorite uh, thing about Austin? You've been there for a while, but what do you love about Austin? Um, I think the biggest thing for me living in Austin is community. Like, mm. 
Austin is cool, but you have to find your tribe. Like you have to find your people. And because I've lived in Austin so long and I've built what my community looks like, Mm -hmm. I've been awarded so many amazing opportunities. Like you can see behind me, I got my own proclamation day in the city of Austin. I've done so many amazing things. And that's because I have like the support there. Um, Especially when you move across to another state, living by yourself, no family in the state nearby. Like you need that community. So to have that here, and to keep me here this long because of it, um, I love it. Man, that's amazing. I love Austin just um, as far as the vibes that you get. Um, you can kind of go anywhere and just be you. It's not like you yeah. gotta put on a you know put on a show or you gotta put dress to the nine. You can just kind of go out there and just find you know find people and mingle. Oh. So it's a it's a great time out in Austin. I really enjoy it. But uh, we appreciate two truths and a lot. Uh, learned a lot. So now we're just gonna go into I got. Four questions. I call them hot picks. Um, it's just something unique about you. Just asking a, a few questions. Um, the first question is, what you know? What is it that you enjoy to do for fun? I feel like traveling would be probably the answer, but you know, is there any other thing that you like to do for fun? Traveling, of course, is top tier for me. Although I am actually a homebody. Funny enough. Um, travel for fun, but it's usually just a couple of days to get away, reset. But my one thing I'm going to do for fun regardless is eat, okay? (laughs) I have so many notes in my phone for restaurants in different cities, different states. I don't care where. I'm going to create a list of places I got to eat when I touch down. Man, that's amazing. I love people that, you know, have the ideas already, like the, they have the go-to restaurants, right? Um, those oh, yeah. are awesome to have. And, and Austin is a great place for food in general. I didn't know it, it was that much food. I love food trucks. Rainy Street is top tier for me um, going out there and getting those food trucks. And then oh, my, yeah. my second question is just what's the best advice um, someone has given you along your journey in life? Mm, the best advice I would say has been for me to stay authentic to myself. I feel like, especially when you're growing up as a black person of color and you, I mean, just a person of color in general, especially when you're black, it's like, there's always this idea that you have to code switch. You have to put on a front, you have to put on this armor to be accepted in different environments. And as somebody who has worked in corporate America for seven plus years, somebody told me to take it off. And the moment they told me to take it off, I've literally showed up in every space as the best version of myself, which is why I've been able to accelerate in my career. And when I feel like I'm stagnant, I know for sure that my time is up and it's time to seek new opportunities. But for some reason, every single time, there's something better waiting for me at the end. So telling me to stay authentic to myself has been the best thing ever, just because I can show up in spaces. I know I can contribute and add value to them without feeling the need to be somebody that I'm not. Right. And do you always feel like um, I think that's a huge thing that, you know, black people do fight with, you know, dealing with corporate America or just being in rooms that they may feel a little bit uncomfortable in. But don't you find it funny that when you take the code switch off, people actually genuinely like you for you, you know, the uniqueness of you. Right. You were trying to, I guess, go in and be something that you were not. But, you know, just be you. I think it's kind of funny that you find that out is that people genuinely like you for all the quirky things that, you know, that you may do or all the things about our culture that, you know, makes us who we are. Right. And it's an opportunity for them to learn too. It's just like, wow, like 
when you think about it, we were kind of brainwashed in a way growing up, even in our households where your name, you know, can't be too ghetto. Yeah. You can't show up and be too too charismatic or show too much personality because they're not going to like that. You have to be structured. You have to be this type of person to be accepted. And I think that comes from our parents and like baby boomers. Like they've always been in a working environment. Right. We're the generation that we actually can explore and like say no and push back and like, okay, cool. If I can't have that type of opportunity, I'm going to create it for myself. And I think that's like the best part of where we are in life is that we have the opportunity to create the life that we want versus our parents and grandparents where they weren't allotted those same opportunities. So yeah, like taking that armor off, it just allows you to to be you, be authentic to yourself. It relieves stress. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you feel so much better when you like you know what I'm, I'm good I'm good after I clock out from work I don't have to feel like I'm exhausted from being somebody else and who right. they expected me to be man it's a beautiful thing once you really realize it um my last question is just what's what keeps you motivated um obviously you know you got the plaque behind the wall like that's a huge accomplishment um you know obviously doing big things in your career but you know, what keeps you motivated on a day-to-day basis? I think becoming the woman that I want younger women to see in me is what keeps me motivated. And I'm not her yet. I mean, I think I'm a dope person. I've done a lot. I've accomplished a lot. But looking in the mirror every day and knowing that I have to show up for myself, that's the motivation because I want to have a daughter who's like, you know what? I aspire to be like my mom. I aspire to be comfortable in this space and feel safe in this space where I know for sure that I'm in the right hands. Um, Yeah. I don't want to mishandle anyone. And I, especially, I mean, I run a nonprofit and it's like so many people come to me and they lean on me and they use me as a resource. I have to show up for them and I can't do that if I'm not showing up for myself. So becoming that woman is my drive. Man, that's awesome. And so, I mean, you talked about being uh, an example for younger women uh, to, you know, following, kind of following those footsteps, look at you as a role model. I want to go back to like your younger years. What did young LaManda want to be, you know, growing up? Are you doing what you thought you would be doing as far as like being an associate director of growth and marketing? Or did you have different plans, different ideas? So the preteen Lamanda, I mean, the, yeah, the preteen Lamanda wanted to be a veterinarian. I'm 99 percent sure I was sticking to it, which is so strange. I mean, I was so, I was a very strange child. I tell people all the time I used to harvest insects in my closet. No, you did. Silkworms and Pringle cans with sticks. I was a very interesting <laughs> child. Okay. Um, but funny enough, when I got to my teenage years, like I started to be introduced more into like the business side of things. And so I just knew I wanted to work in an office and I knew, you know, I wanted to have my own reports and I want to do all these things in a corporate America world. Right. And so I think I was kind of gravitating towards marketing and I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the organizations I volunteered with were around marketing. And so like the roles I was doing, public relations, um, helping them with creating graphics and getting the word out. Like that was my thing. That was my niche. And so I just leaned in on it. Yeah, that's crazy. So a veterinarian um, in the beginning, you know, we wanted to deal with animals and things of that nature. Did you make the decision? to like to change that was that like in high school was that going into college um just because you know for a lot of people there's um you know when we get ready to talk about what we want to do for the rest of our lives you know sometimes we're very 
okay, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be at this time, this age. And things don't happen according to plan. You have, you know, and it causes a lot. Sometimes if you're OCD like that, it causes a depression. I see, I talk to people a lot and they got to get into depression states where not, they're not where they want to be in a timely fashion or doing what they thought they would. What yeah. was, you know, kind of like, what was your, uh, I guess, what was the switch from being a veterinarian to now getting into your niche? When was that? If I'm being transparent, I think having a mom who didn't like animals switched that for me. Because how I'm going to take care of pets and nurture them back to health and my mom won't give me a dog. I didn't get my first dog until I was 31. Like, that was my first pet. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> mom said, so, ain't going to happen. It was a no for her. So for years, I think I was kind of like, okay, if she don't like it, then I don't like it. And I was like, well, why don't I like it? I never really explored what that looked like. So I bought a dog. I didn't like it, but he's still here. So, I mean, we cool now. <laughs> we cool. <laughs> we cool now. But yeah, I think like it was, it was, I didn't get the chance to explore as much as I wanted to. Gotcha. Um, and then I think at one point I was like, I wanted to do forensic science. So I was so adamant watching too much CSI. CSI. I actually went to a forensic science camp in the moment they was talking about dead bodies. I was out. That was not for me. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm gonna stick to what I know, stick to what I'm good at and marketing is it. So let me just volunteer in this space, uh, which worked out in my favor in college. I got to do my first consulting project in North Carolina where I helped the company um, get through their own award and pushing through their marketing um, methods. And so that was like really beautiful. I just got kind of got to tap in early and just decide what I wanted that in my career to look like. That's beautiful. And then um, what would be some good advice for someone that might be struggling to find their niche? How would you what advice would you give someone to help them discover um, their niche, what they actually want to do? Um in their life because I know that's a hard decision you know even for me sometimes to this day like I feel like I know what I want to do but it's just like I have this vision in my head I know where I want to go I, I think I know what I want to do but just how do I stick with the daily grind of doing it when the results or you know the I can't make a living off of it yet you know what I'm saying um so how do you help or what's some advice you'll give somebody to help them find a niche um and be passionate about something yeah honestly it starts with a pen and paper like write down what do you like and it sounds so cliche but the reason why i say that i have a friend of mine she was very much like me very corporate we both graduated marketing degrees but she wasn't satisfied in her career mm -hmm. and so she wrote down like six things she knew for sure for sure that she enjoyed she enjoyed cars she enjoyed traveling like she she wrote down this list and just kind of stared at it well what can i do and right. so she decided, you know what, I'm going to start selling cars. That's and crazy. it seems so like minuscule, like, oh, you want to be a salesperson? Right. But now she sells luxury cars and she travels around the world to make sure that people cars are getting to their homes. So now she's shipping cars across the country. So write down what you're passionate about. What is it that interests you, big or small? Because you would be surprised what type of career you can make out of that. That's dope. I um watched the video. I, I follow this guy, Vic Blends. He's from Atlanta. He's a barber, but he um talks, you know, he kind of does these free haircuts and really talks to people and motivates them. He was like, man, listen, um, when you got an idea, put it on the paper. That's like the first step of just, um, you know, af I guess just putting it out there. You know what I'm saying? Speaking it to existence, but you got to get it from here to on paper because then when you can feel the, you can actually feel the paper, the ink. And really yeah. understand, like, this is my dream. This is my vision. So it was. it's funny that you said that because I just watched the video today. Um, and it makes sense. Like, I, I started to do that probably 
my senior year of high school. I think I wrote in my notebook of what I wanted to do. And I kid you not, you know, probably five years, you know, four or five years later, I'm doing exactly what I wrote down. You know what I'm saying? I, I wrote the goals down, put a little prayer beside it just because yeah. that's just how I was taught. And, um, you know, it took time. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. And so that's one of those right. things that motivates me um, because I know it's possible. So appreciate it. Now, we go from uh, veterinarian. You know, we thought we want to do forensic science, watching a little too much TV. Uh, we get ready to, uh, you know, high school's gone by. You know, now we're going to college. We're talking North Carolina A&T. That's a big dog. You know what I'm saying? When we talk about yeah. schools, that's that's a big dog. My aunt, she went to North Carolina A&T. She was a um, travel nurse, and she goes up about her Aggies. Like, I, okay. the pride is, is crazy. So I'm like, I, I, I get it. I get it. You can't touch it. Okay. But what made you decide North Carolina A&T? Like, what went into that decision? Um, how did you choose? You know, what was the steps that you chose to choose North Carolina A&T and where you thought that was the best decision for you? Yeah, so funny enough, my college career was a little different than a lot of people's. Um, I would, I'm what you would consider like one of those adult students who graduated. Mm -hmm. So initially, I actually went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro on a full ride. Okay. Um, but North Carolina was going through some state budget cuts around my third year of college. Mm -hmm. So they ended up cutting the scholarship out the state budget cut. So I was like, all right, you got to pay out of pocket. And it's like, mm, that don't work for me. Yeah. So... <laughs> What? So I was like, well, you know what? Let me take a step back. Um, maybe this isn't for me. And so I decided to take a year break in between school, um, started working immediately. So I was working at another corporation at Lincoln Financial Group. That was actually my first corporate job. Wow. Um, worked there for a year. I still did community school in between just to like knock off some classes in between yeah. deciding where I wanted to go next. And a &T was not only the most affordable, but the teachers there were like, they were in intimate spaces. I was coming from a school where I had a hundred plus people in a classroom. So there wasn't really much of a relationship with the professor right. versus I only have 30 and I can come chop it up with you every day. And yeah. that mattered to me. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, I was like, well, let me see how much it is. And I was able to pay for it out of pocket. It was affordable. I have my own apartment. I was still working full time, even yeah. with being at AMC. Um, and yeah, I made it work for me. And honestly, like, I feel like the university prepared you in a way where they gave you the resources you need to succeed post-graduation. We had a humongous career fair. Mm -hmm. And I've been to the career fair at the university down the street. UNCG, we had none of that. We had maybe 20, 30, you know, companies come out there. Right. North Carolina A&T, I had over 100 options that I could interview with on the spot. Like, they wow. set me up for success. And because I was already considered a professional student, right, like I already had corporate experience behind me, it was easier for me to navigate that space. My resume was together. Yeah. I was already an AB student. You know, I was, I was an honor student. So it worked in my favor. But yeah, I had to make some adjustments in between. I mean, and it happens sometimes. A lot of people think like I got to be on this four year track. But right. if it's not for you in the moment, it's OK to take a step back, reevaluate and decide what you want to do next. Right. And, I, and obviously where you are today um, with that mindset, thinking about your journey, your college journey, going to school, fun funding getting cut, having to take a year off, taking a few classes on the side. You know, during that time, let's just say that year, was there any doubt? any type of like maybe i'm not going back to school like anybody say anything funny to you you know what i'm saying like 
did you have to go back home? Were you still just doing your regular just working and everything? Yeah. One thing about me, I'm a hustler, okay? Like, I'm going to make something work regardless. The moment I realized I wasn't going back to school, you know, in the moment, like the moment I realized, you know what, I may have to drop out next academic year. Yeah. I had already applied for a job at Lincoln Financial Group. Gotcha. And so I had a, I had already had an idea in my head, well, I have to graduate or get back in school by this date if I want to continue to excel in my career at this particular company. Um, and so, yeah, just by having that, like setting small goals in between, it was never any doubt that I wasn't going to go back to school. It was a matter of when am I ready to make this work for me? Um, so yeah, you got to set goals. You got to, you got, I feel like when you can visually see where you want to go, you're going to work towards it every day, whether it's intentional or not, your body is going to be like, oh yeah, let me just go ahead and sign up for these community classes. Just make sure I can transfer them over. So I got to sit in school longer than I have to, you know, like your body is going to, it's going to tell you what it needs you to do to prepare you for those, for those parts of your journey. Yeah. When you want something bad enough, subconsciously. You know, you you end up like you said, just your body just kind of goes with the flow, and you just end up working. It it ends ends up working itself out. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like you have to have a be built from a certain cloth, right? We talk about that hustlers mentality. Not everybody has that. You know, there's late adapters and then there's early adapters. And obviously, yeah. I feel like with you, you probably a very much more of an early adapter. Um, yeah. And so, it, it's just I I try to help people because not everybody is an early adapter, but that doesn't mean you can't adapt. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, how do you, you know, build the habits to, you know, put yourself in a good uh, situation, a good predicament at all times, um, knowing your surrounding. I think it just comes with yourself personally. You just have to be, you know, wise at knowing who you are, but then also knowing what you want to do. A lot of people walk around and we really, some people don't know what they want to do, don't have an idea. Um, And so that's important. Next is, you know, we talked about, obviously, your time in school, North Carolina A&T, but I do want to highlight um, North Carolina A&T. What made, what made their, you know, how are they able to provide so many different resources for their students when you have a school right down the street that, you know, you know might be bigger, but can't provide that many resources? What makes A&T the, you know, the school? the alumni because we come back and bring it back to our students we want them to be in the positions that we're in so we go back and pour back into those students the career fair was filled with people at the table who already graduated from North Carolina a and and that's what you want your students to feel. Yeah. It was well fed. It was like, oh, yeah, you're doing X, Y, and Z. Oh, I want to get you in this door. And that's what they do. And that's how they pour back. They donate money. They make sure their companies donate money. They support not only the university, but the particular schools that they attended mm-hmm. to make sure that those students are well taken care of. Man, that's beautiful. So listen, for anybody watching, listening, North Carolina A&T, they got the resources. Um, like a lot of schools, you just got to do your research. But I've, yeah. you know, I've talked to people that went to North Carolina A&T, and like I said, they speak super highly of North Carolina A&T. The resources, like I talked to a girl, she was like, I went to the career fair, I had a job as soon as I graduated, and it was somebody yep. from North Carolina A&T that was able to put me in the door get me an interview and i'm like dude like that's valuable you know what i'm saying like there's people that can't get jobs after they graduate and they go through these this period in time where it's like dang i'm I'm out for a year i haven't found a job i just spent x amount of money on school but i don't have nothing to return for it you know what i'm saying like what would you you know what would you tell somebody you know 
going through through that time period? Like, do you have any advice? I don't know if that's you know your particular journey or your story, but what advice would you give somebody that is graduated and they're fighting, you know, for a job opportunity, but it's nothing has you know came around? Like, what can they do to continue to put themselves out there? I feel like the hardest part about graduating and feeling like you got to go back to bottom tier working, bottom tier jobs, jobs that don't align with your degree is you have to hustle a little harder. You got to use your network and people think I don't know anybody, but a lot of people miss the fact that LinkedIn is right there. I've been using Mm -hmm. LinkedIn since the beginning of my college career. Every single job and freelance contract I've ever had has been because of a LinkedIn conversation. So that's letting you know if you decide, you know what, I want to work at Nike and Nike has 100 plus recruiters sitting here on LinkedIn. Let me send them a message just saying, hey, can I take a five minutes of your time? This is where I want to go on my career. Can you help me get there? That's their job. They're, They're sourcers. That's what they do. They help place talent. You have to hustle. If that means you got to make 50 connections a day and have a standardized message, just letting them know that you want to send them a $2, Starbucks gift card, whatever, (laughs) just a coffee for your time. You know, back in the day, it was, hey, can I just take you out for coffee Coffee. and have a conversation with you? We all digital now, baby. I can send you a Starbucks gift card. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's not that hard no more. Can I go ahead and, you know, just buy you lunch? And we just have a talk over Zoom. But you have to create those type of connections. Like, leverage what you have. LinkedIn is right there. And I get it. It's so many jobs. It's so many people. But Mm -hmm. that's why you have to narrow that down right out where do you want to work like what type of field and industry do you have in mind search it up on linkedin see what the conversations are around that search recruiter next to that company make those connections like you need to leverage everything that's right there in front of you that's a huge gem uh, a lot of people they linkedin at sometimes can be scary because it's so yeah. much and the, you know they may look at the qualifications and be like ah, like I don't, yeah. I don't reach all of these. You know what I'm saying? But a good advice that I always got is like, hey, shoot your shot anyway, because you never know. Um, exactly. It, it, and you never know when somebody will say, hey, I have another position in mind for you. That has happened to me so many times. Like, hey, I don't think this one might be a good fit, although I know you want it, but you're missing a couple of these qualifications. But I got this over here. So yeah. let me see if I could tap you in there. We get you to where we want you to be right. as far as another role and another opportunity. Like people will make room for you, but you got to speak up. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Don't be scared of LinkedIn, guys. Like LinkedIn is is a friend, um, and I, I just know from experience. Like I was scared at first, but you know when you like you said those generic messages, being able to reach out. Like you gotta be a go getter. You gotta put yourself out there and just you know see where the chips fall. You know the worst thing that can happen is they just say no when you're in the same spot that you're already in, or they can say yeah, and then now you gotta you know who knows a six figure job and all you did was shoot them a message and be like hey this is what I'm trying to do. Um, I've never gotten a job from LinkedIn by applying for a job on LinkedIn. It has always been by making a connection and having a conversation. Come on, so. come on now. That's a job. We helping the people out. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate that. So now uh, school's over. We graduated. Um, obviously, I want to know a little bit about, you know, what you do now. You're associate director of growth um, marketing. What does that entail? What does a day to day look like for you? Give us that LinkedIn job description. Oh, I'm tired. I'm gonna tell you that it starts with I'm tired every day. (laughs) So I am actually, of course, the associate director of marketing and uh, and growth at a 
sneaker trading company. Okay. So as you know, the app install business in general is like fairly new over the past decade. Like, yeah, it's a digital error, but it's so different than the type of marketing I'm used to. I come from financial tech. I come from software, SaaS solutions. Yeah. The stuff online is easy to navigate. And this is the first time I was like, oh, I actually got to figure out how to help us drive, you know, more app installs and measure these, um, you know, just have the data driven in a way where people on their phone all day is going to want to engage with our app. So it's so new for me, but it's super dope. Um, I have the opportunity to manage a team right now, which is still growing. I'll probably have like maybe eight to 10 people on my team by the end of next month. Um, Of course, I collaborate directly with my director of marketing and just making sure that the team has the right resources that they need, making sure that we're heavily focused on being data-driven, whether that's through our social media or our website. Um, A lot of projects that I'm pulled into is like making sure that uh, on the back end, things are created correctly and set up correctly because the company may have not, you know, may not have done it when they initially launched. So it's like me kind of going in and fixing everything, making sure that it's working so we can use it moving forward. Okay, cool. So then what's something, I mean, you talked about this is like the first time you had to really kind of go in and learn. about how to you know be good you know be good at what you're doing what's something new that you've learned along your journey as that you might have you didn't know prior to you know taking on this role um for one the sneaker trading business is an actual business like i did not know people were that invested i see you have kicks on your walls i'm not even invested like that for real (laughs) i'm just i'm I'm all about the culture like i know what this i know what sneakers mean to the like to culture um and i do like shoes only because you know cliche i just never could get shoes growing up i always had to get the you know kind of the low bottom tier shoe I always was promised a joy, but couldn't really get them because they were still uh-huh. a little pricey. So now that I, I had gotten a little money, I was like, okay, I can get my own shoes. Um, treat so, yourself. That's it. You know, <laughs> treat myself. But, you know, I guess you can continue, you know, to tell us, like, what's that new thing that you, you know, you learned? Yeah, honestly, it's like learning the dynamics around the sneaker culture. It's not just about shoes. Even seeing on social media how people engage and have conversations about the, the biases around women wearing certain shoes versus men, like just seeing that they're creating conversations that are maybe uncomfortable, but also necessary where it's like, these are things and nuances that we thought were just day to day for us. But no, this whole community right here is making sure that we're educating each other constantly. Yeah. I think that's super dope. And just learning like the history behind shoes, learning how how much it's tied into sports like yeah. it's such an avenue that it's not just one lane it's not just a, sh- a shoe was never just, just a shoe. shoe a kick is never just a kick and that's i've learned too much around it at, at this point i i don't i own a couple of shoes i'm like if it's fly i'll buy it yeah but now i'm in a space where like oh yeah these about to drop and i'm like what number is that <laughs> <laughs> Y'all want me to help you come up with a strategy? Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's dope. Okay, cool. So, I mean, pretty much you're a sneakerhead already, so you, you're good. But um, Allegedly. Allegedly. I work with a guy. He um has probably about 365 pairs of shoes. So, But the crazy thing about it is that he went from maybe 20. He went from 20 shoes 
in like 2018 to almost 250 within a year and a half time frame. Like he's addicted and he's the type of person that will tell you the history behind the shoe. So like it, he it, is like invested. Okay. Yeah, very much. I meet so many of those people now. Very much invested. And I'm just like, bro, I can't do it. Like he'll send me pictures of shoes and he'll be like, I got to get these. I'm like, bro, take a break. You just got some last week. He like, nope, I got to get them. And I'm just like, Whatever you doing, man, I hope it comes out the, you know, and, and it's crazy because he's built a following on Instagram oh, with yeah. the shoes. And like he, you know, he's starting to get to that point where he can start monetizing. And I'm just like, yeah. you know, you follow your heart. I mean, you follow a passion and it could, you know, you do it strictly for the love. It, it'll lead you to yeah. some some cool opportunities. So yeah. let's just, you know, I'm talking to people that w- maybe want to get in the field um, like you. What type mm-hmm. of people do you look for to have on your team? So when it comes to getting into marketing, right, if you're more entry level, I'm looking for people who are chasing certification. So if you don't Mm. know how to do it because you never worked for it in a job, did you go in and try to look for maybe even a free certification? Google has a whole academy. They offer courses for free. Um, There's Hootsuite if you're thinking about getting, you know, tapping into social media and, and paid advertising, like did you at least go the extra mile to make sure that you were professionally trained on how to do something? And then I'm looking at what organizations are you volunteering with or what jobs are you contracting and freelancing with as an opportunity for you to at least get some professional experience? Because, I mean, it's it's a major thing. Like You got to be, I can't just have you come in blindsided, but I can definitely get behind somebody who has the hustle to try to figure it out before they step their foot in their door. Um, So, yeah, I think just people who like they're chasing it, they know that they want to do it. They just don't know how to get their foot in the door. But they got the certs, got at least a cert, you know, certification to get in the door. Um, They've been volunteering with local organizations, even if it's just doing marketing and PR for them for free. Like you went the extra mile to help another organization so that you could gain that experience. That's what I'm always looking for now. If you're more senior, I need to see the skills listed on the resume. I need to know because I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to grill you. I need to know that you know what you know so that way you can deliver for the business because it's always about business. It's never about what you can deliver in your personal life, whatever passion project. Like, What can you deliver for the business? Got you. As a senior, what are some questions that you would ask? Because I'm trying to think like, this interview, based on what you're saying, it sounds very tough. So I'm like, what would what are some of the questions that you would ask a senior, you know, person that's trying to get into the business? So it depends. I feel like I'm the probably toughest person to interview with versus anybody else on my team, even down to my director. I'm still I'm more strict than he is. Why is that? But that's because I'm looking for skills. Okay. He's like, Oh, you a sneakerhead, we can make it work. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? Yeah. Can you? I don't care if you don't know nothing about sneakers. I don't know nothing about sneakers. Right. Can you do the job to help the business? <laughs> so that's what I'm looking for. So if I'm hiring you because you're an analytical person, mm-hmm. I need to know give me examples around how you drove metrics and data for your company to to drive growth like how did you make that multiply over a quarter mm-hmm. what had happened at the end of the fiscal year was there a drop in those numbers what did that like i need examples i need projects i need a portfolio if you yeah. got it show me the numbers <laughs> bro that that's huge because i've when i started applying for the role that i am in now um you know i was 
I'm just a go-getter. So when you talk about what you're looking for, you like, you know, as long as they can show me the hustle, as long as they, you know, they may not have everything, but they can show me the hustle. Like, I can show you, like most people, I'm not trying to sell myself. I'm just letting you know, like, I can show people the hustle in what yeah. I do. I'll put myself out there. I may not be the, the the top dog, but I'll outwork anybody. So, you know, for people that's listening, I had to realize that being able to talk towards what you've been able to do um, in a business sense, right? really being able to document like, okay, I'm stepping in this role. This is where we are having that plan, knowing that I'm not staying in this role forever. So I need to be documenting along the way to be able to have those examples. When I get into some, in front of somebody like Lamanda, that's not playing around. I need to have like, all right, listen, I started in this time. This is what we did over this course of that. And then having the procedures or the actionables of what you've done to make those numbers jump and being able to talk to that. I think a lot of people, get into interviews and not knowing what the you know what those questions are knowing that these are the questions that may come up you know what i'm saying like and i think people get so much anxiety behind interviews like that that you know they go into them they're nervous already and then they're like i wasn't prepared you know like i i I just want to help people out as far as like you can do it you just gotta know what's going on what's going on in that interview so Absolutely. And if you don't know anything else, know what's on your resume and know what's on that company's about page. Yeah. You don't know nothing else because you can talk about yourself all day. I don't need the the clean corporate um yeah, the coaching version. <laughs> I don't need that. I need you to tell me like what do you do? What are you about? What have you done? Also, like what are your goals? Like yeah, you can get the job today, but where do you want to go in your career? Because if there's not opportunity for career growth for you, you should absolutely not want to work anywhere. Like, mm. you yeah. need to know what that organizational structure look like. If you can only make lateral moves, it's not for you. You need to be able to move up, grow, learn from your leadership, learn from, you know, the people that are on your team, learn from other departments. So that way, that's how you level up in your career. That's huge. Appreciate that. I appreciate, you know, some of that examples that we go through. Because, I mean, that's one of my biggest fears sometimes is, like, I can talk now, but I don't want to be talking unnecessarily. Like, I just, I want to be able to speak to what what people are looking for. And I think that's what people want to know, some of those questions. But uh, what makes you great at what you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody might want to be in your shoes one day. And they got to have some type of skill set. They got to have a certain type of mindset. But, you know, they can only learn you know example a right so what makes you great or good at what you do what skill sets do you have and obtained over the years yeah i feel like interpersonal skills is number one and i think a lot of people skip over that you gotta be a people's person to be a leader you can't lead people and think because your analytical brain knows how to drive anything 100 percent of the time that your team is going to be able to support you you got to be able to listen to your team, listen to their needs, listen to, you know, whatever it is that you can provide for them in a sense to provide them comfort and provide them um, opportunities so they know that they're not just a number in the company. Right. Like, they're going to follow that leader no matter where they go. And so, yeah, you got to have good interpersonal skills. That's just across the board. Um I'm always going to say, I feel like I'm okay with hustle, the hustle, the hustle culture. Like 
I feel like a lot of us were raised on that. Like, you got to hustle to make it, to, to yeah. check off these goals, to get to where you're going to get. You know, money come first, everything else come last. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with that when you, you're you on a mission in your career, but also take a break. Mm. I am somebody, I am so firm on boundaries, specifically workplace boundaries, to the point where it probably gets on my boss nerves. But it's like, nope, this is my boundary. I'm actually going to uh, take off the next two days. I need to mentally regroup <laughs> and get myself together. <laughs> And he's like, can I call you? No, you can't. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's, there's, no, there's no work around that. So workplace boundaries and also just being able to um, stand firm in what you know and whatever you don't know, don't stay stagnant and waiting for someone to give you that information. Mm-hmm. YouTube University is right there. If you all know it, YouTube quick University. search on you. Somebody <laughs> is teaching on YouTube how to do something. There are millions of how-to videos on YouTube. Spend two minutes of your time just learning real quick. And then if you need to go back and go get a certification to support that, do it. But show that you're someone who's able to take the initiative. Like that's what people look for. And so that, these are all things that I do on a day-to-day basis. It's just like, if I don't know it, I'm gonna figure it out. Um, If I can support my team in any way, I'm gonna do that regardless. I'm always gonna advocate for them. and if we don't know as a team, I'm going to contact the person that knows that's going to give it, get us answers. Like, because yeah. it's not just them. If they don't feel great about their job, I'm not going to feel great about my job because they're going to end up leaving me. And so, yeah, I just try to make sure across the board, like I'm showing up in all these spaces, I'm doing my job. But not only that, I'm also able to go above and beyond. Yeah, that's dope. And do you feel like uh, that there's a... Uh, almost a gap, right? When you talk about setting boundaries, I'm big, you know, you said I'm big on setting boundaries. There, there's a generation, you know, kind of behind me that is all about like, if I'm not, if it's starting to get a little too overwhelming, I'll leave in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Like they taking a vacation, they doing, you know, what they need. But to some of the old school employers, they feel yeah. like that's a negative because it's not about, it's not about work. You know what I'm saying? People are not always, dedicated to a job. They're like, listen, I know I'm just a number for this company. I know that when it boils down to it, you may not, you know, you'll hire somebody to take my position no matter what's going on, right? They don't feel the value. And I just sometimes feel like there's a a gap. We're in between this gap where there's that generation that's like, I'm taking my PTO. And then there's like a generation I would feel maybe you, myself, or just um, an older generation where you talk about that hustle. I think that comes from us always being taught that you got to work twice as hard you got to be perfect you know there's no room for fit you know for drop off and so yeah. i feel like you know do you see that kind of gap a little bit you know with the after the pandemic with you guys hiring building a a, a new team and just having new people come into the office on, on a daily or you're not really seeing that kind of like how the major some major corporations are yeah, so it's a little different for me, right? Like, so I come from major corporations, but I'm part of the generation that will leave in a heartbeat. Mm. I don't think I've ever stayed at any major corporation longer than two years. I am very much someone, because I understand the dynamic. I understand the culture. And I'm always someone who excels, but it's like, it's not enough. It may be satisfying for y'all, but it's not satisfying for me. A check is not enough. No. Um. So 
when the pandemic happened, I was actually working for Dell Technologies. I just got a promotion in my role, but yeah. Dell laid off 10,000 people and I was one of them. So I was like, dang, wow. but they gave us an amazing severance package. Don't get me wrong. It was no hard feelings. I was not mad at <laughs> no it. Hard I feelings. Just like, hey, no hard feelings. Like, no hard feelings. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Severance package. I'll take it. So uh, with that, I ended up working for the last company I was at, um, in which that was in a financial tech space. And while the job was easy, it wasn't fulfilling. Mm. And so mm. I stayed there for about a year before I was like, I really feel like my time is up. Like, I really feel like this isn't for me. And yeah. it's like, I'm working with people who are, well, I'm used to being in the office. So you should be available to Zoom and talk to me every single day, whenever I call it. Like the, no, the dynamic was so weird. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, um, <laughs> so... I know you think because you can physically see someone in the office that you can just walk up and talk to them whenever. But when I'm in my house, you can't do that. Nope. We're we not doing that. You can schedule a call like everybody else. So, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely um, a turning point for me where I was like, there's no there's no move I can make in my career unless it's lateral. So ended up getting an opportunity with the sneaker trading company that I'm at now and it was a jump start in my career to do something else, like still stay aligned with marketing, but I can step out of the individual contributor role. And now I can step into actually moving towards the director and VP level roles. So that's what I was needing. That's amazing. I'm glad to hear it. Um, if you can believe it or not, we're coming up on a good hour of the conversation. And, and I'm telling I'm you, like, I've learned a lot in this little you know conversation and just i think it's gonna help a lot of people um yeah and i think what you said nuggets that you tossed around i think you know some people are looking for those those you know those aha moments you know maybe they know but they just haven't heard it the right way that's gonna make it click and be like okay i need to get off my butt i need to get off this couch yeah. and start get off social media and actually go get what i want um and yeah. go do the things that i've been wanting to do um and that like you said it starts with writing things down um, if, if it's one of the number one takeaways that I've learned from this conversation is just writing your goals down and just starting there. It's very, you made it seem so simple. It's like, it's that simple. Like it's that simple. <laughs> I live in notebooks. Okay. It is that simple, honey. It's that simple. But, um, <laughs> do you, um, you know, do you love what you do? And if yes, you know, why, or, you know, if not, you know, what, you know, where do you see yourself at? where you feel like you would love what, you know, love what you do? I feel like I love marketing, but also there's an alignment there, right? Like mm -hmm. I feel like when it comes to working jobs, you also have to have a passion. And so my passion project, running my nonprofit, that's what drives me to perform and overperform at work. So I can be the best version of myself at work every day because I have a passion project that I know is doing exceptionally well. And I built that and I yeah. tested things out there in that space yeah. so I can bring it to work every day. So I love marketing. The company I'm at now is still fairly new, so I can't tell you yes or no. I really, really love it. However, um, you know, if I didn't love marketing and I didn't love just how much the digital era has grown, then... I probably would just stick to my passion project. Like it, right now we're having some important conversations around women's health and specifically with a lot of, you know, things being overturned in this mm -hmm. country. So it's giving me an opportunity still to have a platform, have conversations. I have a lot of great relationships with doctors because of it. So 
yeah, I would probably tap more into my my passion project if I, if I had the time to do so. That's I, I love it, and I'm I mean, you mentioned your passion pro, uh, project, but I mean, I was going to ask towards the end, just give us a little bit about Flow Code. Um, my you know, baby. Well, you know what what is all that about? How did that kind of get started, and then what's the mission behind it? Um, so that yeah. way people can try to you know get behind it and and really understand. Yeah, I started Flow Code in 2017. Um, honestly, the initial project was just to pass out menstrual products. It was always a complaint that these Ori wasn't getting enough of them. And I'm like, well, hey, I can collect that with my friends. Ended up turning to a 501c3 nonprofit, oh, wow. uh, which led to Hurricane Harvey happening, which led to us donating over 50,000 menstrual products to help wow. those people because we went viral on social media. Thanks to my organic marketing, <laughs> raised eighteen thousand dollars within a, uh, the first two weeks, and we were just able to continuously give back. And now we just hit uh, over seven hundred thousand menstrual products donated across the country. And so now our mission is donate, educate, advocate. Of course, continuously donating menstrual products to menstruators, educating the community on reproductive health issues, and advocating for people who don't have a voice for themselves. Golly, that's amazing. I mean. Hard work. It seems like everything has kind of been aligned. Your journey kind of is just starting to add up, and I'm pretty sure you're able to take things that you learned um, at work and apply it, you know, to your project, and just be able to build that full time. And um, I, I think that's amazing. And then uh, my last question um, before we go is, where do you want to be in five years? Um, where do you see yourself? What does your life look like? Because um, in five years, I, I'll see the clip and be like, hey, listen, you know, this is where we at, right? And so um, I think it'll be amazing to see that everything that you said that you wanted to be, you've, you've done it. Yeah, I'm I'm praying in five years I can really tap into uh, my idea of being a full-time social impact entrepreneur. Okay. Um, I have this amazing nonprofit. I want to be the one to create these products to give back to the community. And so I want to drive that in five years. I want that to be successful. I want people to not only talk about it in a way where we're providing cleaner menstrual products, but they see the work we're doing by giving them back to the community. So in five years, I want that to take off. I want me to have so much funding um, from doing pitch competitions and applying for grants yeah. to the point where it's like, you know what, I'm good. I, I've done what I need to do. I met my evaluation, I'm good. Um, and of course, maybe get married. I don't know. Have a child in between here and there. I don't know. Somewhere. A little, little razzle dazzle there. You know, a little, little razzle dazzle by 37. You got to have something in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool well listen i'm praying nothing but success for obviously professionally obviously with the flow code um obviously you guys are already having super success but i want that the times 10 you know x the value of, of what you already got i think um your passion and how you speak behind what you enjoy to do as far as marketing your knowledge your experience um it, it is going to give you everything that you want um and we're praying for it and if there's anything that um that we can do on the podcast to kind of help with that, you know, um, be, uh, you know, help be a vocalist for Flow Code or just be able to, any type of things that you have going on. I would love to just be able to spread the news, the knowledge to um, the viewers, to, you know, people that could be watching because it can help, you know, um, no matter what. So if you ever need anything, feel free to contact me, reach out. Um, I'm always trying to, anybody that sits on this screen, I try to be involved with what they got going on. So sharing, you know, their business, sharing some of their, you know, giveaways, things like that. Just trying to be active because I don't want this to be feel transactional. You know, I want this yeah. to be 
something where we kind of built a solid, small little relationship and it continues to grow over time. Um, but I thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Honestly, this was beautiful. So I'm glad I had this opportunity. Thank you, thank you. And then before you go, we just need a recommendation. That's how we keep everything going. Um, if you know as as many recommendations that you have, but I always just ask for one. Um, just somebody that you feel fits the mold of this podcast that can definitely come on here, could give a lot of a game knowledge, um, and just could be an exceptional guest um, for the for the podcast. Do you have anybody on the top of your mind, or I can give you time and you can just text, uh, DM me or email me offline uh, with the recommendation. I can think of somebody top of mind. His name is Courtney Hill okay. in Nashville, Tennessee. He runs a nonprofit called Super Money Kids. So mm -hmm. that already aligns with what you're doing. Um, and he's focused on teaching children financial literacy. So I'll send you his Instagram. Definitely connect with him because I think he aligns directly with what you're doing. Awesome. That'll be great. All I ask is that if you could text uh, or talk, whenever you text, message Courtney, just say, hey, this guy's going to reach out. Yes or no, it doesn't matter, but that way it's a warm handoff because I know DMs can get a little cloudy um, these days. But thank you so much. I'm going to let you have the rest of your day. Enjoy Austin. Man, I wish I was there, but uh, <laughs> enjoy it. Um, thank you for thank having you. me. Thank you so much. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Care. Bye. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details